0: And welcome back, folks, to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here on December 16th, Friday. We're towards the end of the week here. And we are back to common sense and the Constitution. Conservative Conscience, where we articulate and inculcate you with the Constitution. Common sense and a clear conscience, all with original news and thought, by the way. We don't do bumper sticker talking points here. And that's the thing. You listen to the news of the week. I turn on the major talk show hosts, conservative writers, media, they're all focusing on the wrong things. Everything's R versus D. Republicans good, Democrats bad. You know, that would be great if you have a military uh, fighting force that is fully committed to your cause, so you want to focus on throwing ammo at the other side. We have to get an army. (laughs) We have to make this work. You know, we have constitutional conservatives, then we have the Trump establishment, and then we have the establishment, which is now fusing together, We have to make sure we have some sort of Republican presidency that we could salvage that is worthwhile. Yeah, it's better than Hillary Clinton, but how much better? That's up to us. If we sit and cheerlead him and just, you know, oh, the Democrats are hypocrites, so therefore we could be hypocrites. Democrats did liberal things, therefore we could do liberal things. Democrats kissed up to Putin, so therefore we could kiss up to Putin. How about we stand for the veracity of our own views and that's what we've been focusing here at conservative review you know you go to my vertical a conservative conscience all the articles i'm not sure how many of you read all of them that's why i try to give you original content in case you're bored out of your mind for my uh, other articles uh, but you know we focus on what is actually the fulcrum of power in the in the judiciary, the executive branch, we're gonna have a good piece of the over the weekend on how to reform the executive branch, the legislative ideas, the inter-republican battles that will determine the direction of this party and administration. And yet we're all focused just on all, you know, the Democrats are bad. Yeah, well we know they're bad, but what does that stand for us? You know, yesterday, Thursday, December fifteenth, was the 225th anniversary of the ratification of the Bill of Rights. I mean, that was really the codification, the culmination, sewing up our Constitution. It wasn't like any other amendment process, you know, like the 21st Amendment, 29th Amendment, I'm sorry, 28th Amendment, um, you know, some of the more recent ones that were just ancillary. They were added. And certainly any amendment becomes a part of the Constitution. But the Bill of Rights were really... They were different. That was part and parcel of the Constitution. Madison and many of the framers believed it didn't even need to be there. It was already self-evident. Natural law, natural truths, um, natural rights. And, you know, 225 years later, we we have a situation here where the federal court system, which has become the sole arbiter of constitutional interpretation, something that, you know, they they were never tasked with doing um they recognize every right except for the ones that are actually in there (laughs) so they codify everything we have a piece on the second amendment today uh, where the ninth circuit just throws out the second amendment but you know there's a right to abortion um a right to abortion clinics of all sorts a right to force a state to recognize a picnic bench marriage um you name it right to 20 days of early voting but no right to self-defense this is where we're at. It's intellectual dishonesty. And that's what I want to discuss today. Keeping our head above the swamp in a Republican era. Where we're not just saying, well, the Democrats did it, so it's okay if we do it. Well, the Democrats the media are hypocrites. They didn't have a problem with Obama doing it. Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean we should do stupid things too. And I must tell you guys, I am very, very disturbed. I'm getting very bad vibes. You know, I was a little bit more optimistic immediately after the election. Hey, you know, we're all happy. Get rid of Hillary. Maybe there's some victories we could secure out of Trump. I have never felt worse, you know, over the last five weeks than than I did this week. I have a lot of bad vibes I want to share with you. Um, Stuff I'm reading, stuff I've been hearing, talking to people, just putting a lot of stuff together. Um, But I first want to pivot off of what everyone is talking about, which I don't think is the most important story, but it embodies what is important. This whole debate over Russia. So, you know, you basically have the conservative media saying that, you know, there's no proof Russia hacked, and certainly even if they did, they didn't influence the election the American people chose, the American people rejected Hillary in the overwhelming number of swing states outside of the blue hellholes. So, you know, this is all the Democrats are hypocritical. Obama even, you know, covered up and didn't want to even go after the Russians because he thought Hillary had it in the bag. And, of course, as we all know, the Democrats have kissed Putin's rear end from day one. Have you ever heard of the New Start Treaty pushed by Obama? Oh, and Bob Corker, by the way, the Republican rhinos that gutted our nuclear arsenal. Literally, you know, Putin's poodles. So, of course, the Democrats are hypocritical. And yeah, their their influence in the election is probably overblown. Certainly in the outcome of the election, but does that mean we should kiss up to Putin? <laughs> Where's the cognitive dissonance? That that that's a separate point. Yes, Democrats suck on on Russia. Um, Democrats are hypocritical on Russia. They're they're trying to delegitimize the results of the election by saying you know he got Russia to intervene. Yeah, that's nonsense. I agree. But does that mean that? we should take this administration and direction towards orienting our foreign policy towards Russia. I mean, what I found amazingly appalling just to set the table of intellectual honesty, of being consistent on our principle principles, our timeless principles, 225 years since the bill of rights, following the constitution, following American sovereignty, putting America first, not Russia first. um, I want to share with you just first. I'm sure a lot of you have actually seen this, but where is this? The poll here from YouGov. It's in Washington Post. Republican attitudes about WikiLeaks and Putin have changed dramatically. So, as late as 2013, Vladimir Putin had a net negative 66 favorability rate among Republicans. Right? In other words, more Democrats like Putin than Republicans. Now, because it's perceived that Trump likes Putin and Russia, so now he's improved a net 50 50 points. Now he's only 10 points underwater in favorability among Republicans as opposed to 66. And then WikiLeaks as well. Republicans used to hate WikiLeaks. Traitors, you know, spilling our secrets. Now, all of a sudden, they love them. This is something we should all be ashamed of. And now again, the Democrats likewise moved in the other direction. Now they hate Putin more than they used to, and they, you know, hate WikiLeaks more than they used to. But we're not Democrats. You know, you know, we're here to do the right thing. And that's embarrassing. And that tells you that so many people are beta individuals, outsource their cojones to whatever they hear in the media. Oh. The Democrats are complaining about Russia and Trump. That must mean, you know, Russia's great because I like Trump. I like Republicans. Like, uh, actually, no. Actually, we're for America first. Now, just to be clear, I am not into orienting our foreign policy to obsessively confront Russia. It's one of the many threats we have. I think we should always put ourselves first. I don't think we need to get entangled in the whole Crimea Ukraine thing. I don't think we need to get entangled in Syria because Russia's there. Frankly, I think it's good for us because it hurts Russia. Let Russia get involved in that cesspool. It will will be their Afghanistan. I'd, I'd love for them to get involved in that. But strategically, we certainly don't want to orient ourselves towards Russia. But nonetheless, there's this thought process on the right among this new populist nationalist crowd that's not constitutional conservative that basically when it comes to putin putin's the savior of western civilization we're going to join with him and he he's just great and we're going to go and defeat islam now here's obviously anyone who understands russia and iran i mean that's that's nonsense putin is against the islamists when it directly affects him but when it screws with america he you know he's propping up iran so, I mean, this notion that I understand the sentiment to say, hey, look at a man like Putin who cares about his people and puts Russia first in his country. We should have a leader that puts America first. But that's different from saying, man, I love Putin for America. He, he's our savior. Uh, no, he's not. But nonetheless, let's indulge this thought process for a moment that all, well, you know, the, the road to defeating Islam is by being pro-Putin. I don't want to relitigate my podcast from earlier this week about Rex Tillerson, Trump's pick for Secretary of State. You can listen to that episode, and certainly it's made its rounds. It's probably so far the most downloaded podcast I've ever put out. Um, I'm the I'm pretty much the only one, me and my deputy here, Jordan Schachtel, um, one of our new writers, terrific guy, our foreign policy writer. He's putting out great original content content on Rex Tillerson. The problem with Rex Tillerson is not just that he's pro Russia. We get the pro Russia nonsense, but we don't get the anti Islam stuff. He's in bed with the Qatari Emir. He's in bed with the Saudis. He's a James Baker, Bob Corker, Condi Rice acolyte, um, pro homosexual agenda, pro common core, anti sanctions, pro globalism in the bad way. Um, You know, obviously pro TPP. This guy is. A disaster, an utter, utter disaster. He's joining with Bob Corker to box out um, John Bolton as deputy secretary of state. So I just want to you. I don't want to go over my my concerns with Tillerson directly, but I want to use them to give over to you my feelings as to where the general direction of the administration is heading and why I'm so concerned, not just for secretary of state, not just for the ramifications as it relates to Israel Refugees. I'm um, going after the Muslim Brotherhood in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you know that Arab oil t- uh, ties. I mean, oh my gosh, the Arab oil ties are the worst. Um, especially a man who is predisposed not to be ideological, or when he is, it's certainly not in our direction. He's a deal maker. Um, I mean, just terrible. I, I, everything I said about him three week, three days ago, it's been proven correct by news reports, and uh, it's even worse. We're gonna have more info on that. But anyway. I want to go over kind of a juxtaposition here. What's going on in the, in the Trump administration, constitutional conservatives are not really at the table. A couple of them are in the transition team, but mainly you have the establishment and then you have the populist nationalists embodied in Steve Bannon bossy. um, Kellyanne Conway has kind of thrown her lot in with them. You know, so we we knew we weren't getting constitutional conservatism, But many of us figured, all right, Well, the populist nationalists, we might, you know, it's kind of like the establishment. there's the American Revolution and a French Revolution. So at least we agree with the revolutionists in the sense that we want to burn it down. We want to burn the establishment down. We want to get rid of them. We want secure borders. We want to put America first. Obviously, we disagree on fiscal policy. These guys aren't exactly social conservatives. But, you know, there's some overlap. Maybe we can get some good things done on national security, on Islam, on immigration. I'm worried that's not happening. I am worried. I am noticing that we are getting, to borrow a meth uh, equation, we are getting the lowest common denominator between all the factions, not the greatest common factor. And what I mean by that is we're getting the baggage of the populist nationalists and the baggage of the establishment. So, in other words, we're getting the pro-Russia nonsense from this nationalist movement, but we're not getting the anti-Islam stuff. We're getting the good old boys. A lot of news articles and it corroborates what I hear privately that Ryan's Prebus as chief of staff is having tremendous influence. That guy is a weasel and a snake. He is the embodiment of what we're of what we you know what, what, what we're trying to drain. Draining the swamp. He is the swamp. He is the swamp monster. Um, who's his press secretary Ryan Priebus's press secretary, Sean Spicer. Another RNC guy. I'm just going through the things we're hearing. Who did Trump pick as RNC chair? Now, to be fair, Kellyanne Conway and Bannon didn't want this, but they lost out to, to um, Reince Priebus. Rona Romney, Mitt Romney's niece in Michigan. She is the new RNC chair. Um, Ivanka Trump. There's rumors that she might be the de facto first lady. And she is evidently calling up congressmen to push her socialist child, universal child care agenda. So you got that there. Um, you know, clearly Reince Priebus is winning out. He's winning out on all these picks. And then now I'm hearing even worse news. I'm hearing. Oh, and by the way, one other thing here, um, so many Bush guys are on the transition team for um, education. And I know some people are like, Betsy DeVos is conservative. Yeah, she's a Bush conservative. Total Bushy. And all the people on transition now are, are Bushies. By the way, people on transition all over the place, as, as you'll see in a minute, are Bush people. So my point is, it's not like, oh, well, Trump is kind of erratic French revolutionist, populist nationalist not 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 one of us but at least he's not the establishment no this is making the establishment great again i mean these guys are the epitome of the establishment rex tillerson and and ryan's these guys are the worst elements of the gop donor class i mean rex tillerson is a big republican donor from texas i'll just leave it at that use your imagination for what the consequences of that is because uh, we all know Texas is a center of gravity for the Republican Party. I mean, the conservative movement. That That's a big problem. I mean, this guy is part and parcel of that GOP donor class mentality, which, by the way, is why I still believe we need to start a new party. It's just, you know, people want to give a new Republican administration a chance and there's no appetite for it. But I, I believe one day we will have to do it as I kind of... <laughs> elaborated on in a couple of episodes before the election. I, I Just so you know, I haven't changed on that. It's just, you know, you, you got to play with the cards you have. So, you know, the point is we have to move this administration to the right. If I'm not doing what I'm doing, which there's very few who are doing that, there's no incentive. The gravitational pull, the inertia in Washington, and certainly on the global stage in foreign policy, is all oriented towards the cesspool, towards moral relativism, Towards cronyism, towards elitism, globalism, all the stuff that the Trump people told us we'd get rid of. These guys are the consummate globalists. I mean, you should see the stuff, um, what's his name, Tillerson said on carbon tax, and he, and he believes in oil dependency, not in, not being independent from the Arabs, he wants dependency. He says that's part of global engagement. And again, I, I don't mind engaging the world, but it's all a matter of what perspective you're coming from. Are you engaging from a position of strength, from a moral core, that, that, that you, you are certain as to where you are in the veracity of your America first views, and you come from a position of strength, or are you engaging from a position of weakness, taking on their premises? And, and I, I fear with Tillerson it's more the latter. But there's also a disturbing thing I'm seeing that what about deputy secretary of state? Very important position. So you figure, all right, Tillerson's a bozo, doesn't know anything, but, you know, at least the deputy, so he'll be the face, but the deputy will control the policy, restructure the State Department the way we want. So maybe then we'll get John Bolton. Nope. What I'm hearing now is that the Trump people, again, and this is... Ryan's Priebus winning out. They don't want tough confirmation battles. Even though Republicans have control, um, they they don't want they don't. And, and this is what I warned about before the election. I said, I mean, far from being an anti-establishment, fearless leader, burn it down. He is a deal maker. He is a, a guy a guy who lacks an ideological core. Is a man who will pick the path to least resistance any day of the week. Don't mistake his Twitter fights with the media, rhetorical fights with the media. I, I understand, and we all kind of enjoy that. But with with you know the real temerity to fight back against the political establishment on policy issues and actually you know have a have a political battle, um, I have not seen that from Trump yet. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised, but I, I'm getting these bad vibes here. They don't want to fight for Bolton. So who is the pick? So a lot of people tell me, well, isn't John Bolton's too much of a neocon? Well, now, that's a very loaded term, and it's hard to explain foreign policy in, you know, in, in, in 10 minutes here. But obviously, there's, there's five different views on foreign policy just within the Republican Party, and each one overlaps on different things. I don't agree with Bolton on everything. He's a little bit too much of an interventionist in Syria for me. But here's the deal. Every other pick has that same problem Plus, none of the virtues that Bolton does bring to the table on Iran, on Israel, going after the Palestinians, Hamas, the UN, um, you know, putting America first. So who are they picking? The the, the two they're floating are Richard Haas or Elliot Abrams. Elliot Abrams is the ultimate neocon. He is picture with a couple exceptions, John Bolton being more like Ted Cruz and Elliot Abrams being more like Marco Rubio. He was he was Rubio's guy um richard haas is was a bush guy um bush 41 guy he was the president of the cfr the council on foreign relations you talk to any kind of like alt-right populist nationalist you know trump cultist type of guy and it's like goldman sachs globalist cfr bilderberg you know all all their their talking points i mean this guy's the embodiment of an america last um i i mean so we're getting the worst like i said with tillerson and haas or elliot abrams we're getting the worst elements of the establishment and the pro-putin crowd and the business class i mean horrible 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 and i started you know getting back to my juxtaposition i started putting things together i'm like wait a minute chris kobach was in the running to be dhs secretary he wasn't picked general john kelly was picked now he seems like a Generally decent guy but he doesn't have any experience in immigration and unlike tillerson i don't have negative vibes but it's it's a blank slate and you know a blank slate on an issue like immigration with inertia and gravity if you don't understand the issue and feel very strongly in the other direction you're going to wind up in another place but again just like with tillerson bolton some people are saying okay well kobach will be picked as deputy And he'll really steer the policy direction. But I'm not hearing that anymore. He's kind of fallen off the radar. And after what I'm seeing with Bolton, they probably, again, they don't want a tough confirmation battle. So they don't want to fight for Kobach. They don't want to fight for Bolton. Do you really think they're going to fight for legislative initiatives that are tough? Getting rid of birthright citizenship for illegals? Completely shutting down refugee resettlement? Shutting down immigration from the Middle East? You really think they're going to have the moxie to do that? Now you say, "Well, what about Trump's statements?" Well, Trump's all over the place. There's a great political article, and I know political lies a lot, but I think this one is really on the money. Trump is a businessman. He listens to he he has a competing he has competing factions among his administration, and it's kind of like the Hunger Games. They all fight with each other, brutal fighting, brutal infighting. Now. So you have some of these more kind of anti-establishment elements, but the establishment elements are winning out now. And the, the the general theme I am seeing is that they're stocking the transition with Bush people, the very people we didn't want. And Reince Priebus is winning out together with Jared Kushner and that liberal daughter of his, to not rock the boat. Again, don't don't mistake in his Twitter fights with with reporters as rocking the boat in terms of consequential policy. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just saying these these are the, these are the vibes I'm getting. So again, all I'm trying to say is getting back to the original thesis of this uh, podcast. Don't change who you are. Yes, in a linear line, straight up, Trump is better than Hillary. Fine. But how much better? That's up to us. We shouldn't have to wait six, seven years like we did with Bush to fight back against our own party. We have to hold him accountable from day one. You're not going to get everything you like. I get that. But what I don't want is the embodiment of what he said he wasn't going to be at every corner. Every damn guy now is a, is a swamp monster. The globalists that we tried to get rid of. The elitist establishment types that everyone said was repudiated in this election. I don't know why we're the only ones raising concerns about this, but if we wait till it's too late, it will be too late. This is what it is. We're running out of time here. And by the way, if you like what we do in writing, you got to tune into our TV, see our TV. Um, Michelle Malkin has had me on a couple of her episodes, but Mark Levin has been on fire. He is the only one that has kept his intellectual honesty He's been consistent on the issues. You gotta sign up. I believe now they dropped it. You can get a deal for $89 for the entire year, every single show, every day, no commercials, download at your time. It is the best TV deal around. And also because it's the only, you know, network with substance, actually. So sign up for that. But um my commitment to you is I will not change. I'm not bought out by a donor class. Thank God, I I have steered away from anything. You know, everyone else in my family they they went into finance, and I could have made a lot more money, maybe a lot lot less stress. But I, I believed in something. That's that's why I went into this field. I, I never planned on doing it. I was a political geek since I was able to talk and walk, but I wasn't planning on doing this for a living until you know, kind of in, in in you know during college. I was involved in grassroots stuff, but got sucked into this and and I promised myself I would never get involved in anything that I didn't believe in a hundred percent and and that's that's the thing you might not agree with me all the time you know I've written on so many issues so I'm bound to ruffle some feathers but at least you know I believe it from the heart and, and that's what we need to do if you didn't if you didn't like Putin your whole life don't like him now if you didn't like you know unconstitutional power grabs from Obama don't praise it when Trump doesn't just say, oh, well, the liberals can't complain because they did. That's true. They can't complain. They're hypocrites, but we shouldn't be hypocrites either. We have to continue fighting for what we believe. You know, one thing I do admire about the left is that they never give up. You know, you see some of my articles juxtaposing the courts and what the liberals do, you know, sanctuary cities. So Congress fully has power over immigration and we win an election. California says we're not going to listen to you. Yet our side, even when we have the law and the Constitution on our side, we give up. So you had John Kasich with the abortion bill. He vetoed the abortion bill passed out of the Republican legislature, um, barring a, a, abortions after there's a you know definitive heartbeat after six weeks. It's really a little bit before, but certainly a definitive heartbeat after six weeks. Uh, because he said, well, I don't want to defend it in the courts. So not only have we exalted the judiciary to a a judicial veto power, something it doesn't have, but now we preemptively don't even sign a bill or pass a bill because of what the courts might do to it. I mean, rather than fighting back and taking our turf back from the courts that don't have the power, it's it's a matter of intellectual honesty. We need to follow the Constitution first. We need to follow conservatism second. We need to follow common sense third. Constitutionalism, conservatism, common sense. This is what we're all about here. We cannot deviate from that. We cannot afford to wait six, seven years to hold this man accountable, this party accountable. He's rapidly melting into the um, establishment with his baggage plus the establishment's luggage uh, bundled together. If we don't demand a course change and have our voices heard, we're not even going to have, you know, victories on a few issues. Mark my words. We got to keep our heads above the swamp, particularly in a Republican era, even more so than in a Democrat era. You know, when Democrats are in power, every Republican is principled, so to speak. But anyway, tune into Conservative Review. The courts are destroying this country. Uh, you won't believe that Another Ten Commandments case, another case ripping off crosses from a, a memorial Um, invalidating a deportation of a sex offender from uh, Guatemala you name it the circuits are killing us I'm going to have more ideas on judicial reform I'm going to keep beating the drum for that Um, we'll have some great ideas on some legislative ideas policy ideas for 2017 that we're going to actively push so we're not just reacting to negative stuff and we're actively pushing a positive agenda and making the establishment and Trump say no hopefully they say yes we're all over the map. We have you covered every aspect of government that matters. The three branches, the states, to, to the best of our ability. I mean, there are some things I'd love to cover. I just don't have time. But we have some other great writers here, great TV shows. And by the way, one other sponsor we have, Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithcr.com. Get your 140 meals provisions for just 99 bucks. with a cold weather coming, blizzards, You don't want to be stuck in your house without good food. This stuff is so easy to use. It's also kid-friendly. It looks like kid type of food. Uh, My kids would like it. So just 99 bucks, preparewithcr.com. Please support those who support us because, again, we don't want to be bought out by big business interests like the GOP establishment is. We want to keep our intellectual honesty. That is my commitment. That's my promise here. God bless. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Conservative Conscience.